Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. This is DCI number 60 and I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. In this episode, Brian and I got to talk to Arthur Danskin, who is the developer on Gamma Void, which is a open world... I feel like a lot of things are open world these days, but anyway, it's a uh, an open space, there we go, that's different, uh, ship simulator game where you build your own ships and fight against different factions, and it's all physics-based momentum and crazy lasers and uh, just really awesome-looking stuff. You can check out the, the trailer in the show notes to this episode. You can find out all kinds of information about the game in this episode uh, on DarkStation.com. Check it out. You can follow us on Twitter at DarkStation underscore com, and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We're the Darkcast. While you're there, give us a review and let us know what you think of the show. And finally, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at podcast at DarkStation.com. As always, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. To join us uh, on the Darkcast today, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty great. Good. Yeah. Very good. I know that's the uh, the third time that I've asked you. You know, once in Skype, <laughs> once before the interview, and now now in the interview proper. Uh, I'm glad to see that it hasn't changed. That my asking hasn't worn you down. You're like, actually, I'm pretty terrible today. That, that, that's our <laughs> first test. That's how we know you're telling the truth. We ask you how you're doing three times. Yeah. If it's the same answer, we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, before we get started uh, with uh, talking about your game, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Um, yes, so I guess my name is Arthur. Um, I am 27 years old. I live in Los Angeles. Um, let's see, I was I, my background is in like computer science. I studied computer science in college. I used to work at NVIDIA, uh, the uh, everyone's favorite hardware manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hopefully, um, I worked. I worked there for about three and a half years. Um, I worked on uh, GPU architecture, and then I worked on um, the DirectX driver. Okay. Well, so I was doing a lot of sort of technical game stuff, and then now I'm making games. What What caused you to make that switch? To um, like from the technical to the creative side. Oh, yeah, so, like, I was always, like, kind of making games. Like, I mean, I wrote lots of games in college. Like, some of the first, like, re- sort of large programs I wrote were games. Like, I wrote a, I wrote a, a Space Invaders game my freshman year of uh, college. <laughs> like, basically, instead of doing a lot of homework. Um, <laughs> All right, I can relate and, to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was always, like, kind of what drove... I mean, I, like, my very first programs I ever wrote, like, in in, like in high school or even before that like were like graphing calculator games um so it was always just kind of what drew me into it and um i always wanted to make a game i mean it's like hard like you know i had to like get a job out of college that would pay pay me and um i didn't i had heard a lot of really bad things about the game industry so i didn't want to just like jump into that directly um Mm -hmm. so it was like kind of game related but not you know it was like kind of a normal company um so that seemed like a good option. And then, but then, like, I was working on NVIDIA for, you know, especially while I was working on the DirectX driver, like, I was working, like, on games, like, on the driver. So I would, like, fire up the game, 
and attach the driver to it and like see what was going on and it was like staring at these games all day and like but like working on them from a just very purely technical aspect torturing you yeah I found that very frustrating because like I mean it was cool like from a technical point of view but from a like artistic point of view it was like annoying to be like looking at these game pictures and like not really have them like have any meaning you know like just they're just like it's like is it the right picture or not kind of was the only way I was able to interact with it on the um, plus side, I, I imagine that any game you put out now, you know, the driver issues will be minimal when it comes to the graphics card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> um, it might not run so well on ATI cards. We'll see. <laughs> it's hard to get it right for everything. Sure. Um, but I do my best. Yeah. Oh. Um, so what, what did you actually go to school for? Uh, computer science. Okay. Yeah, I studied computer science. Um, I did write a game in college, actually. Mm-hmm. Of, I, I wrote I wrote a game in college. There was a like a game development class, um, uh, like in collaboration with a local art school, which was kind of really fun. We got to work with uh, 3D modeler, like 3D modeler animator students, and build a game together and little teams. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Which what'd you end up making? It was like we made this game. It was like a top. It was kind of incomplete, but it was a sort of. It was kind of like Diablo, like the top-down action RPG kind of game, and you controlled a character. It was 3D though, um, and we had like 3D animations, and your character would run around and pick weapons up and uh, fight snakes. Uh, <laughs> I think I probably spent almost too much time working on the, like getting the animations to because like the the, the artists we were working with were uh, 3D animators mm-hmm. and. I spent like a lot of time like trying to have really nice animation transitions and stuff like that. Sure. <laughs> Got a little bit distracted from the actual gameplay part. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a it was a good experience. Awesome. So wh- when did you actually make the transition from uh, working at Nvidia to kind of doing your own uh, official game thing, not just on the side? Um, yeah, it was like last um, Mar last March. Um, wait, March before last. I've been doing this for about a year and a half now. Okay, so March 2013. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I tried to do both for a few months, but it wasn't working very well. Yeah, that that always amazes me when I you know sit down and I'm talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, I, I was working at this game company or I was working at this place, and for like three years I was making this game on the side, basically doing that at night. And I'm like, how, where, do you just not sleep? <laughs> Yeah, it's re- it was really hard. I mean, it's hard because like you don't want to just like, you know, leave your job and go do this crazy game thing without sure. like some idea that it's gonna work, right? Like, right. So you have to, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I wrote an entire iPhone game, like a simpler iPhone game, okay. while in Nvidia, over a period of about six months, and that was really like I was getting really sick through it because I just was sleeping like four or five hours a night, and it was really painful. Sure. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that pain. Um, I I do that way too much uh, as it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what kind of uh, was it? Just that uh, kind of demand on your time that made you decide to to make the plunge and and go from doing games on the side to doing games full time? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I was just like thinking about what I you know what did I want to do with my life and. I realized that I wanted to make computer games, and I had, you know, I've been working at NVIDIA for a while, and I had some savings, so I had the opportunity to do something, and it's, like, just the thing I wanted to do most, so. Awesome. Did it. 
Yeah. That's really cool. Now, uh, the the company that's making the game, Gamma Void, is Anisoptera Games. Uh, is that just you, or have you teamed up with some uh, other folks? Um, it's, I mean, it's it's mostly me. Okay. Um, I'm working with a few other people on the game, but it's like it's mostly me. Um, I'm, there's no one else working on it full time. Okay. Yeah, I have a I have a, a musician friend who is making all the music and do, doing all the sound design and stuff like that. Oh, uh, awesome! I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, my uh, my college roommate uh, does all the music for Dark Station, and I'm so glad because just, oh, yeah, I don't like I can't do that. It's like, hey, yeah. you you want to get noticed by people? We want to get noticed by people. Let's do this for free and get noticed together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's super fun to work with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's always a little bit embarrassing whenever I do anything sound related or like record anything, and he's always like saying, "Oh, your microphone's wrong. Your something's wrong." Your... Okay, that's right. I just give you these as a reference so that it sounds nothing like this, so that we can move forward. <laughs> it's like if you hear yeah. this, just do the exact opposite of this, whatever that is, and it'll yeah. be great. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have, like, fancy microphones or something? Um, I have a decent microphone. I've got a, a blue snowball. So. Oh, I have one of those as well. So, I mean, they're not, not fancy-fancy, no. but, they, you know, they're not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. No, uh, we uh, we had somebody on months ago now that uh, that had a, a blue uh, Yeti, which is uh, blue's higher-end one. It's, like, 100 150 bucks. Uh, and those those actually sound really really good. Um, that was a noticeable improvement. Yes. So. I, I bet. Yeah. So if you're in the market for a, a good USB mic, the uh, for like voice recording, from what I've heard of it, the the blue uh, Yeti is is pretty fantastic. Um, mm, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll check it out. And now that we're done with our sponsor spot, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so so I got to watch the. Uh, the video for uh, it uh, for Gamma Void, and it looked, there. There's obviously there's two separate part, like two distinct parts that kind of work together. There's the the shipbuilding um, for crazy ass spaceships, and then there's the part where you blow those crazy ass spaceships up. Um, <laughs> let Let's start with the shipbuilding because that that video moves very fast and looks extremely temp- technical. How how simple is it to put something together that can just destroy things? Um, well, we'll I mean, I, one of the two. Let's <laughs> we'll survive. Um, I mean, I, I would like to think that the user interface is pretty uh, easy to use. Um, the idea is that, like, just like basically attaching blocks, and you, you know, you can just pretty much think about what you want to do and then attach things together. And the, I put like really a lot of work into making the interface very slick. It has a lot of um, features you usually find in things like Photoshop. Like, you can you can undo, um, you can copy and paste like large blocks of of uh, blocks. <laughs> Large chunks of blocks. Um, you know, there's like there's like three different ways to rotate things. I, I think um, like pretty much everyone I've showed the game to has been able to use the editor, like to move things around where they want to put them. Um, so the idea is that um, it's not. I mean, it's not supposed to be totally straightforward to build a really awesome spaceship, right? That's like where the fun comes in. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it, iteration, yeah. It, almost like game design itself. That's yeah. You build something you think will work. You get it out there. You're like, oh, this ain't working. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely it. Um, that's really what I'm shooting for. So, um, 
I think like the basic like just using it at, at a basic level is pretty easy, um, and then trying to like to be like an expert at it has a little bit of depth. Is yeah. there is there any kind of um, uh, like currency, or is there something that stops me from just like filling the screen up with a board cube? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Um, so um, so this is this is part of the game that is still um, I'm still working on. Okay. Um, so um, I've tried a, a bunch of different methods, um, but broadly, um, you have a limit which describes like a point limit which describes how many points your ship can use total. And um, every block has a point count that it uses. Okay. So like, if you have like 500 block uh, block limit on your ship, then you can have like, um, you know, you can have like 400 hundred point weapons, and then like some thrusters, maybe. <laughs> uh, You're just a large laser with jets. Okay, I, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. So there's a there's a trade off between like you can add more jets or you can add more weapons. Um, and you Is the, do the points only apply to the, like, uh, oh, I guess energy-based items, or is there is there a point limit to kind of structure? Um, no, structure structure blocks don't have any points. But um, and I, I've done that very deliberately to like try to um, enhance the ability to build cool-looking ships. Okay, <laughs> well that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because like like I don't want to like I mean the, the normal structure blocks still have mass. Um, and fundamentally, at some point, like when you have enough mass, you need to have more thrusters. So they do have some cost, um, but you can you can have quite a few of them, and you can you can like to, to some point, you could just add them to your ship and have it have it like sort of look cool, um, and it doesn't penalize you very much for that. And I, I felt like that was a really important part of it because I didn't want it to be just like this like really dry, technical placing the blocks on the ship in a very like like solving a puzzle. It's it's really like you're designing like engineering. This machine, and you kind of want your machine to be cool looking, and you want to have you it want laid it, out. You want it to be yours, because otherwise, I mean, if you have yeah. like, it, I get, I like the way I see it broken down is just if you have like structure points and that kind of thing. Eventually, mm -hmm. you have kind of the min max game going on, where you're like, okay, I have this many points. This is the obvious structure that I want to build with this, and I see you kind of wanted to stay away from that, especially with the way that the the one in the video just goes together. It, it like starts small and then just. Starbursts out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's some, there's some of both, right? Because like, if you don't have any like any tension, if you can just build completely whatever you want, then there's like not really a goal, and it, and it's kind of like doesn't work either. So there's some balance in there. Yeah, yeah. Now I noticed uh, when it was flying too that it looks like you've you've done a lot of work with the uh, with kind of the physics of it. Um, but like thrust, I mean, even when you're not pushing on the jets, when you when you push when you go somewhere, you're still kind of going somewhere. Um, uh, yeah, like so, like the there the, basically you're um, you place jets around the around the ship, and um, like the entire capacity of your ship to move is based on those jets. So like, there's no like magical like add add thrust add velocity to the ship when you press the key. Um, the way that the player ship flies is exactly the same as the way all the AI ships fly, um, which is that like you tell the player ship to go forwards, and then there's an algorithm which figures out which thrusters to turn on. To oh, forwards. Okay. okay. Um, and the same thing with rotation. And like, so if you're so like, um, it's it's kind of interesting because it's a really really simple system. I mean, it's just like basically when you're trying to rotate, it figures out which thrusters will rotate you in the right direction, and it fires them right. But um, like. Depending on exactly how many thrusters you have and where you put them on your ship, like you can get scenarios where like the ship can basically like not rotate and go forwards at the same time, or 
Um, it can do that, but like, so like the different, depending on where you put your thrusters and how the mass is distributed within the ship, they can feel very different to fly. That's cool. So I, I assume that you'll want to put thrusters basically all over your ship. Otherwise, like if you just put them on one end, you basically won't be able to turn. Right. Yeah. Basically. That, yeah. One thing that comes out is that you need to have a lot of thrusters pointing backwards um, to be able to turn effectively without also like slowing your ship heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's something that's a little counterintuitive, I think, sometimes because people are used to looking at pictures of spaceships that have mostly thrusters on the back. Sure. Yeah, you don't ever see like the the the, the small thrusters on the side of like the uh, the space shuttle or anything like that that'll push it in the like lateral directions. Yeah, those aren't important. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. But you only pick that up if you watch like Space Camp or you know. Other <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I always look at them and, and and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, is there any kind of like? early warning system for dolts like me who would build an awesome looking spaceship and then find out that I can only move backwards <laughs> um, I mean <laughs> um, the game, you can change your ship like it's very easy to change your ship so that's that's another thing where the point system comes in um, unlike I, I don't know like have you guys played like Captain Forever or, or one of those games no nope um, Captain Forever so you check Captain Forever is a pretty cool um, like flash game um, which was very inspirational to me um, mm-hmm. But it, it, in Captain Forever, you you um, like you, you sort of fly the ship with one hand and you build it with the other hand. Um, so you're just using the keyboard to fly the ship, and then you use the mouse to build it, and you attach blocks into it and stuff. Um, but like once you've attached a block to your ship, like the blocks are just like one to one. So you just like grab blocks in the environment and put them on your ship. Um, in in Gamma Void, it doesn't work like that. You 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 design like a you make like a design for the ship, and then your ship kind of assembles into the pattern of the design. So you can change the design, like, whenever you want, even in the middle of combat. Um, and your ship will reassemble into the new design fairly quickly. And there's no penalty for, like, it's not like you use up resources when you change your design, really. You just okay. have a, a cap, which, which has the total number of, um, you know, it's like in an RPG or something when you, like, change your equipment on your character. Mm-hmm. It's like you can just change your, you can change your clothes as much as you want, right? So if you if you design a ship and it doesn't fly backwards, then you can just change the design and just pop back in there and be like, okay, I need to obviously I need to fix this here. Yeah, yeah. So if if you have like the say it's the five hundred point cap that you mentioned earlier, if I go back in and take stuff off of my ship, then I have however many I removed off of there back in the bank to add to the ship. Right, right. Cool. Yeah. Um, it also looked like it was firing in an awful lot of directions. Um, was that something that you were controlling, or is that something that it is kind of like an algorithm that kind of aims for what's closest to you? Um, there. So uh, currently, there are like there are sort of like two two different types of weapons. Um, there are like basically like we- weapons that you control directly and weapons that are that fire automatically. Okay. Like kind of point defense turrets. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. If you one of, if you have one of the point defense turrets, they will they will fire automatically at nearby enemies and shoot down missiles and that sort of thing. Um, but if if you have one of the main weapons, then you have to fire them all more or less in the same direction. Um, it's something I'm I'm still working on though. I think there, I may add a, I may add a system where you can like toggle that state, like whether the weapons are controlled by you directly or controlled by the um, AI on your ship, or like to let you do things like. Um, spread fire mode or something like that. So <laughs> uh, things that I'm working on. It's it's always been like a very interesting user interface challenge because like 
people can build such a wide variety of ships, and they have to like all be controllable. And mm-hmm. there's like a lot of possible ways that you could control that ship, like that you could map sort of interesting controls. You know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like I'm not like married. Team. I'm, I, there are actually several ways to fly the ship, uh, which work differently well for different kinds of figures. Uh, Has there been anything that's popped up that's kind of surprised you? As far as, like, not intentional, but you're like, okay, this is kind of awesome? <laughs> um, a, a, a number of... Yeah, a number of things. Um, one of the one of the sort of interesting sort of... I mean, semi-obvious physics results, if you think about it, is that, like, you actually only... If you have one thruster, you can fly wherever you want. Um, if you place it, like, off-center so that when you when you uh, engage that thruster, it, like, spins your ship. Okay. And then you like you carefully only like thrust when you're pointed in the direction when the thruster is pointed in the direction you want to go. You can like move around like a pinwheel at like super high speed, um, and you can you can go wherever you want. So that's kind of cool. That was kind of cool. Um, and then if you have all weapons, death blossom enabled. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got that. All right, <laughs> I like that. The pinwheel effect. Yeah. So one of the things that I noticed in watching the the trailer was that um, you kind of add weapons on top of each other. It looks like, especially towards the end, you're you make like this giant Mac gun in the middle of the the ship that shoots this giant laser. Yeah. Um, so if you add if you put like weapons in a line, does that make the weapon more powerful? Like having three of those Mac gun. Um, uh, muzzles in a, in a row, does that make it more powerful than just having one? Um, yeah, because they're... Well, they're basically just firing on top of each other. Okay. They're, okay. So, I didn't yeah, know if they were, like, firing through each other, and every time they went through, it was... But essentially, you just got three that are all firing in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So they, they just overlap as in the simplest way possible. They're not really... They're not exactly interacting. They're just a bunch of them. Okay. That's cool. So, um, I don't remember if it was on the website or the, the press release or what it was, but at some point I read that uh, you build your ships like you do Legos. Mm. There are tons of different types of Legos. How many, like, blocks do we have to, to build ships with? Um, yeah, so, like, I think... Let's see. Um, currently, like, sort of, like, there's... The 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 um the world is divided up into a bunch of different factions. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose somewhat like different uh, types of like Lego space Legos would come out in these like um you know there'd be like the space fleets and then like the space robbers and then the space explorers and they would come all all at once and they have different color schemes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how into Legos you guys are. Um, uh, but so there's a bunch of different factions. So the player the player has access to about like 35 blocks something like that in their faction. Okay. Um, but there are actually like several hundred blocks in the whole game. Oh wow! Um, across all the different factions. Mm-hmm. So just I think, different uh, stylistic choices. Um, yeah, they're different. Styles. Like some of the factions, ha- you know, tend towards having a lot like big lasers, or they tend towards having a lot of like smaller rapid fire weapons, or oh, okay, okay, various kinds of um, missiles or something like that. The the game is like there's not a huge there's no they like no art art assets right so it's like fairly easy to add new types of weapons sure um so we have a lot but um of course try not to overwhelm the player with too many at once yeah it's kind of interesting though I mean the the game like from uh, if you if you zoom into it it's a very simple art style because it's basically just 
blocks and other geometric shapes. But especially on the website, you've got a, a couple different GIFs, and the the one at the bottom where you've got like a giant Borg cube firing at this other red ship, it ends up looking really neat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so, do you have? Will you eventually have access to kind of that other stuff? I mean, uh, from what I've seen, you're kind of always playing as the the blue guys, uh, whichever faction that is. Uh, yeah. Will I get access to the other factions' pieces? Can can you mix and match, or are you kind of uh, set to what each each faction has uh, in terms of their arsenal, in terms of their wheelhouse? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I I'm this is something that's still a little bit in flux, but I I think that you'll be able to access everything. Um, there's no there's no like technical reason or that why that would be hard. I mean, you can just like the blocks on. Can just grab them and attach them. Um, uh, so I think that will be possible. I've had I had in, in in one earlier version of the game, um, like I've experimented with a bunch of different ways of doing this. But in one version, you had this like kind of like sensor thing attached to your ship, um, and you could go into a special mode and then just kind of click on blocks in the environment that you that you've blown off other ships, and then you could learn them that way, mm -hmm. kind of scanning them, and then and that way you could have you had access to all the blocks like in a kind of a fairly straightforward way. Um, so you'd have to like be careful not to destroy the cool weapon that you wanted to scan. Um, sure. So I'm not sure how how that's going to fit in exactly in the final version, but um, I'm pretty sure you'll definitely have access to everything. Okay. Very cool. Talk about a crazy little added strategy with the uh, not wanting to blow up the cool weapon. <laughs> <laughs> if that thing's coming after you, that's that's a real choice there. Y yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, on the website, you don't really have a, uh, a single-player campaign designed as of yet. Uh, what kind of, what takes up most of the game as of right now? Like, what do you do in the game? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that we don't have a single-player campaign exactly. Um, there's not, like, a, a plot. Okay. Uh, or, like, a story arc or something like that. Um, but, I mean, um... It's basically still a single-player game. Gotcha. Uh, so you're you're doing something and, and progressing through the game um, in a in a way that you could re I think you could probably call a campaign. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of procedurally generated. So like basically, you, it generates a big world and you fly around in the world and there's all stuff to do in the world. Um. Um. Like there like there, there are these like abandoned stations that you can kind of reactivate. Okay. Um. And there are like various like targets that have been specially selected that you're supposed to destroy. Okay. Um, and you have, so you, you're, the world is divided up into a bunch of different regions um, by faction. So, like, as you fly through the world, there'll be, like, an area with a lot of, like, red uh, prism, prism ships and then, like, a lot of, like, kind of green spiky plants with large numbers of missile launchers or, like, some kind of blue crystalline ships or something like that. There's, um, I think, like, six or seven different factions in there. Mm -hmm. And, um... Uh, so and they kind of interact with each other. So you you like you have some objective that's defined in the world that's like far away from you, and you fly there, um, like, station or something like that, and um, you end up passing through a lot of different regions of all different kinds of ships, and they're like kind of attacking you or attacking each other, um, and so you have to defend yourself and make your way through. Okay, very cool. Um, so is, is everything kind of one big open world? You mentioned that things are kind of sectioned off a little bit. Is that just via? Is that just because of the territory that 
um, you know, one faction exists in, or do you kind of load into to each space? Uh, no, it's all totally continuous. Okay. So, like, you can just fly, it's just like a big, uh, it's a big, um, yeah, it's a big continuous space. It's, it's, it's delineated in the sense that, like, there are different countries, sort of. Gotcha. Okay. But, yeah. It's all continuous. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, is there any sort of multiplayer in the game? Um, not there's no there's no like synchronous multiplayer. So like you fly your ship and shoot at other people while mm-hmm. they're flying ships at the same time. Okay. Um, but one of the one of the things I'm working on right now is like the sort of um, asynchronous multiplayer, uh, which is really just like a, way, a a sort of complicated way of saying that you can share ships with other players. Um, so what I really wanted what I want to do is um, and what I'm working on right now is um, like making it really straightforward to you design all these cool ships, right? And then like they're sort of like would be fun for other people to fight, right? Because sure, yeah. So there are these there are these going to be these like um, kind of like teleporter stations that you can interface with and use to like upload your ship to a server, and then um, and then other players can like interface with with the same station and um, and fight against your ships and vice versa. Um, so there's like going to be kind of an unlimited number of ships to fight against. Oh, awesome, awesome. Um, and th- this is like really, um, I've had people like I have I have some alpha testers, right? Um, like a fairly small game for like over you know over the last six months or so as I've been developing it, and they've been like, <laughs> um, they've been doing this a little bit. Like you can you can you know you can share ships right now just by like copying the file out um, and then uploading it to the internet and then downloading it and stuff. It's a bit awkward, but um, I think it's been kind of cool. It's really cool to see that, to see them doing that, build ships, and then fight against each other's ships a little bit. And um, so that's my plan for the like sort of like late game content. There's going to be like kind of a campaign, and you're going to play through it, and there's all these objectives to achieve and like stations to um, unlock, and you'll be getting gradually more powerful and so on. Um, and that should be fun for like I don't know, maybe like ten hours, something like that, uh, maybe even less than that. Um, <laughs> Well, hopefully, I mean, I, I don't mean it won't be fun, but I mean, like, you know, <clears throat> it's like a campaign, right? <laughs> you play the game, you go through it, at some point... Oh, absolutely. You, and then, um, but, like, this like this ship-sharing thing is sort of the late, is, like, what you can do after that, and mm-hmm. it should be fun for a long time after that. Yeah, definitely. Kind of yeah. And it's been really exciting for me to see, like, what, what kind of things people build. It's super fun for me to, like, build this game, and then how these people build things in it and, and see them and they build things that I would never have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, like one person built this really cool ship that, um, so like can, the cannons, like weapons have recoil, right? Um, like some of them fairly significant recoil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this guy built this ship with, with like these really big, these cannons like kind of like in, in a pinwheel, pinwheel pattern. Um, and so when you fire the cannons, like it spins the ship really, really fast. Um, and then, like, the cannons themselves are spinning, and so, like, the, the projectiles are, like, going out super fast, because the whole, you know, because of the uh, centrifugal force, mm-hmm. pedal force, whatever it's called. Um, and so, like, it, it, this ship has, like, cannons that, with projectiles that move much faster than, like, any, any other projectiles by taking advantage of this, like, spinning behavior. Um, I thought that was super cool. Uh, that was something I totally didn't plan. So, could you use guns as... Jets instead of using uh, like regular propulsion systems. 
you can. It's a little bit it's a little bit awkward to control, but um sure. Yeah, you can't just make a huge block of cannons and then and then click. And <laughs> <laughs> the ship will will move around and it yeah, it's like a like a squid kind of, right? <laughs> That's right. So, where where did this all come from? Like what uh what what made you go for like like not only ship design but like this kind of uh this kind of space com- this like build your own space combat? Um, you mean in terms of like in terms of the world, or in terms of, just in terms of designing the ships and how they interact? Yes. With these? <laughs> no, like well, like, I mean, I mean design <laughs> design first. Like, I mean, where you know what what made you decide that this was going to be your first kind of venture into this, or not obviously not your first venture into games, but this was going to be kind of your big shot out there. Oh, and then, and then I'm always into to fiction. So yeah. what's what's the driving portion? You know, what's where where's this coming from? Ah, uh, it's. It's a little bit hard to describe. It just kind of like, I mean, I just kind of built it. It just, it was just like, I don't know. I, I didn't think I didn't like have a lot of other options. I just kind of it was you just started building, like, and that's that's what there was. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean that the the um, I mean broadly, like I wanted to capture like sort of artistically, I wanted to capture this kind of engineering um, process that I knew from being like you know just like a software engineer. Um, there's this kind of thing that happens where you like build something and then like you improve it iteratively, um, and it's like it's kind of and like this this sort of interaction between like engineering something and then also having it be like kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like you know like if you look like look at programmers, you'll often notice that they have these like really beautiful colors or something like that. Um, there's all this like inst- aesthetic stuff that gets kind of injected in there kind of subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to, like, make that more explicit. Um, and I don't know, like, just this idea of building things up from little pieces. Um, I think I had been reading about, like, insects a lot. Um, like, insect behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had this, these books about ants, and I, I had this... Um, and I was just reading about all different kinds of ants, and, like, one of the really fascinating things I found about ants was that a lot of different ant species have, like, convergent evolution. Okay, which which basically means that like, um, there's two different ant species and they're like totally not related. I mean, obviously they're both ants, but like, they both evolved from different kinds of ants. Um, but like today they have almost exactly the same kind of behavior. They have like this kind of evolved behavior. Like you see this in army ants a lot, where they um, army ants like don't create nests. They just make these little balls at night. And then when they they do this like driving thing where they like spread out in a line, and then they like charge and like eat everything in the way um, and then they and like they have very specific patterns for charging when they do this like they, they spread out into a line in a certain pattern um, and there's like hundreds of different kinds of army ants and they all have different kinds of lines but sometimes you'll see like two different kinds of army ants that have like the exact same kind of line charging pattern even though they're like totally not related um, just because that's that pattern is like kind of it's like the best pattern right <laughs> well you know that or the, the drill sergeant transferred <laughs> yeah right yes <laughs> <clears throat> but like, no, I, got, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's it's hard to make. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, you, I would see this in like in engineering too. Like sometimes I was like, um, I, I I heard stories at least. I I did spend some time programming in assembly. Um, and sometimes you'd write some simple assembly program, and there's basically like one best assembly program, right? And you'd hear these stories about like two people that had been working at two different companies, both trying to write a good program to multiply matrices or whatever. 
and they would write the exact same assembly program. And um, I just thought that idea was super cool, like this idea that there's this sort of like underlying um, correct like correct answer that both people would be able to derive without talking to each other. That's real interesting, especially when you think of other kind of creative pursuits where you know you have two people who could essentially write the same story, but it'll be different. Like it may hit the same beats, but the story itself may cover you know different time periods or deal with different characters. So yeah, to, to kind of like almost break life down mathematically to think that there's a that there's a right way to do that, and that two people could or you know two ants could discover it is is really kind of a that's a neat kind of like almost interlocking like hey you know we're all kind of in this together kind of thing yeah totally right it, it's like you see these underlying principles I'm sure like you guys probably occasionally like write an article and then you read someone else's article that you never read and like you guys have this uh, like similar ideas right sometimes yep. mm-hmm. and I tear mine up because it's it's worse <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe theirs is worse man I don't know maybe they're equal but yeah maybe they yeah. are <laughs> so I, I don't know somehow that's related to the game and like letting you build these things and kind of discover these underlying principles something like that I can see that and that, that gets very very a lot deeper and more symbolic than I thought the uh, the space game would be that's good to know I kind of like that <laughs> it's also just like wanting to blow things up you know <laughs> there, yeah, there is that too yes and I saw you know that laser that chews space yeah don't want to overthink it too much <laughs> yeah about it later yeah uh, so you guys have a uh, a Kickstarter just changing topics completely, uh, sure. and uh, in September is when you're planning on launching that. Um, rarely do we get to talk to somebody before they have their Kickstarter going up. How are you kind of preparing for that? Um, well, we've um, let's see. So I'm I've never done a Kickstarter before. One of my, one of the people I'm working with. Um, is like he's a he's a lawyer, but he's not working for me as a lawyer. He's working for me in a like just like a production, just marketing kind of business, helping me out with all those things, and then also just like you know playing the game and telling me which things suck, uh, capacity. Um, and he's he's worked with a bunch of people on Kickstarters before, so he has some experience with that. But I mean, like Kickstarter is like such a well-studied phenomenon at this point. Like, you know, if you just Google, you can find like a hundred articles with tons of charts and stuff breaking down. All the reward tiers and how they where they made their money and mm-hmm. um, you know which which things you know, you know where, did they have trouble delivering on I mean it's so it's just like a matter of reading a lot of articles and trying to do our best pretty much very cool uh, what are you hoping to actually like get out of the Kickstarter to get out of the Kickstarter mm-hmm. um, the money well <laughs> sure but I mean, like <laughs> that was my first response and I kind of kept quiet to see if you'd go for it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, people like glorified a lot, but it's pretty much a way to sell the game, right? Sure, but uh, I guess, uh, like, what are you hoping? What are you wanting the money that you get from Kickstarter to accomplish with the game? What are you hoping that it helps you do with the game? I guess is more what I'm trying to ask. Um, it helps me finish the game. Um, okay. I think I so I don't um I don't actually need money from Kickstarter to finish the game. I have enough savings to finish it on my own. Um, so Kickstarter for us is. I mean, to be, like, totally straightforward about it, it's, it's like, it's a way to sort of sell pre-orders for the game in a way that's nice and sort of intense, right? Mm-hmm. And generates, like, generates, uh, you know, and, in, in, like, is sort of compressed into a small time. 
and let's let's um, let's us like engage with media and stuff like that at the right time, right? Um, sure. I think. I mean, I I guess I I mean I could have just like not did that and just like put the game on green light or something like that. Um, but Kickstarter seems like a really great way for people to get involved and you know to see we can have all these different reward tiers. Um, people can um, like it, it's just like a nice, well understood way to launch a product, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It's certainly turning into, especially for, you know, like indie studios like you, like a real good first step to not only kind of sell the product, but to really gauge um, kind of if you're going in the right direction of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I hope I'm going in the right direction. I've been working on it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> look, um, it, it looks like you are. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. I say much, but it looks like you are. It seems like a really nice thing. I think, like, I hear criticism from people, like, oh, everyone has a Kickstarter these days. Like, why are they all doing that? But it's like, I don't know. I mean, you have to you have to sell the product somehow. Um, Kickstarter has an added benefit that you can set a, you know, you can set a limit, and then if you don't get that limit, then you don't get any money, which seems, like, way better than just taking people's money and not maybe not having enough money to finish the product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just a nice way to, to start selling the game and... To you know, to fo- just to focus our efforts and do a good job with that. Absolutely. Um, make sure that everyone is happy. I don't want to. You got any kind of like uh, like stretch goals or or possible you know like kind of prizes for people who donate in mind? Anything to kind of um, to, to wet wet the lips, so to speak, before the the Kickstarter launches? Um. Yeah. Like. Um. Yeah, we've put some thought into that. It's not really nailed down yet, but um, I mean, so obviously you can design ships and put them in the game. So I think that's definitely going to be in there somewhere. Hmm. Um, like that, like I talked to earlier about this sort of asynchronous ship sharing feature, um, where you'll be able to design your ships and have them be sort of put into the game. But um, the other thing we can do is have people design like the the ships that exist in the game are not are like are they built a little bit more aesthetically than like people tend to build their ships when they're playing the game. And they have kind of like, um, you know, consistent design sensibilities and stuff like that. So we could let people design some of those ships and put them in the game. Um, I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have like we have beta access. So there's like an alpha going on right now, um, and then at some point we'll transition into a beta phase, and then um, sometime later the game will generally be released. So people will definitely be able to get into the beta phase through the Kickstarter um, if they're interested in contributing and. I, like, um, like getting you know getting feedback from people through through the alpha testing and then you know through beta testing has been like a really important part of working on the game for me because um, you know we're it's just like I'm I'm the one doing pretty much all the development and like there's you know I'm working with a few other people but it's a fairly small number of people mm-hmm. and so like some of the alpha testers have had you know like real impact on the game um, just just suggesting features or something like that. Um, stuff from outside of your bubble. Yeah, yeah. It's been really uh, interesting to, to hear all these ideas, and um, I've had a lot of really great suggestions come from people. Um, so, I mean, you said you said yourself that you've got, you you know, you kind of have the, you could finish this game on your own if you wanted to. Is there, does that well, kind of make the, the going into Kickstarter a little easier? Is there still any kind of, kind of fear, fear in well, getting ready to do that? The Kickstarter will mean the difference between me being able to be an indie developer for my career 
or me going and getting a real job. Absolutely. Um, okay. All so, right. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, I mean, I say like, oh, you know, we want money, blah blah blah, but like, you know, yeah, this is like a huge for me personally, like for my life arc, this is hugely important and will make a huge difference in how I, you know, and how I spend my life. Um, okay, so there's definitely still at stake here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if okay. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, so I can, you know, I was very conscientious. I saved up enough money to finish the game, and I'm going to finish the game. Um, but if the Kickstarter is successful, I'll, you know, I'll make another game. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll keep working on this game probably for longer, much longer than I would otherwise. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and like we, I mean, if we get, you know, I mean, I would, I, I'm, I'm having super fun work. I'm having a super good time working on the game. I would love to do this forever. If we get like, you know, a large amount of money from Kickstarter, then just keep working on it as long as there seem like the things to do, right? Um, we could add synchronous multiplayer and other things like that that would take a significant amount of engineering effort, and that I probably wouldn't be able to self fund. <laughs> uh, so that's how it goes. Sure. Uh, I mean that's that definitely sounds scary on the one hand, but but exciting as well. And um, I I don't mean this in a, a cheap or as sound sad way as it, it might sound, but. Even if it doesn't work out, you know, you're, you're making a game, you're doing far more than most people ever do in terms of going after their dreams, so that's kind of awesome in and of itself, uh, but it would be way more awesome if everything actually works out, so... Yes, yes, I think so too. <laughs> so, hopefully, hopefully everything works out. Yes, thank you. Uh, Brian, do you have any more questions before we jump into the end game? No, I think I think now would be a, an excellent time to, to take that leap. Uh, as we kind of explained a little earlier, we like to end with a bit of a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Um, it was inspired by the questionnaire at the end of uh, the actor studio with um, with James Lipton. Mm-hmm. And uh, while his uh, went a little deeper, ours uh, goes a little bit more video game. Um, it, it goes in waves, so it starts out a little hard, uh, gets a little uh, gets a little crazy, and then goes back to being hard. Um, okay. So without further uh, gilding the lily here. Um, question number one: um, Who is your favorite video game protagonist? Ah, uh, um, hmm, I'm not a very character-oriented person usually. Okay. Well, go, oh, 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 here's one. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Okay. I like the little square in 140. Have you guys played 140? I have not. I have <laughs> not, but nope. I have heard of it uh, because I believe uh, one of the guys from the site has played it. Yeah, it's really it's really great. I definitely recommend it. It's kind of short too, so okay. uh, not a huge investment. But it's like a it's a um, it's a music it's like a music platforming game. So you like have to jump on platforms in in tune with the music, and it's very the timing is very tight. So you have to listen into the beats. Mm-hmm. Your character is a square who turns into a circle when you roll, and then into a triangle when you jump. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice. Cool. I have empathy with that sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I am very interested to flip this coin and ask you who your favorite antagonist is for question number two. My favorite video game antagonist? Yep. It's an amorphous blob. <laughs> no structure of squares. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um, the antagonist in Octodad is pretty funny. I guess I enjoyed that. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you guys played Octodad? Nope. 
I have oh. not gotten the chance to yet. That is on my list. I, I but I've that's... watched an awful lot of Octodad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually the, the first time that neither of us have played either game. So um, you get an award, Arthur. Congratulations. <clears throat> I don't know what that award is. Um, <laughs> it's completely intangible, but it is yours. Thank you. I'll treasure it. Intangibly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, question number three. Um, what's your least favorite um, theme or trope in video games today? What would you kind of like to see go away? Um, I find it, I, I think, probably the most annoying thing is, like, the sort of, like, morality. Like, like you have a meaningful decision between being a good character and a bad character. And if you're a bad character, your character will have little black smoke coming out of his head. Otherwise, he'll have a little halo. <laughs> um, I think... <laughs> I find I find just like the fake, the fake duality I, of it. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. Only those two decisions in there. It's either be a saint or be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and just like the general like this general like thrust in games where they try to like have have some kind of like um, theme that's like not really related to the game tied in to the game. Like I wish they would just make a really good game and then not have all this extra stuff kind of layered on top. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, question number four. Uh, what is your uh, what's your what's your favorite spaceship? My favorite spaceship. Favorite spaceship. Like ever. Ever. All time number one favorite spaceship. Can it can it be an imaginary spaceship? I mean, can it, does it? It can be Technically, fictional. aren't they? I mean, that's... <laughs> okay, okay. well, I mean, it's the space shuttle. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's that is true. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think that. Probably my favorite spaceship was this concept called Orion. It was a, a design for a real spaceship, which is part of what makes it so cool. Have you guys heard about this thing? It was worked on no. by the fairly famous physicist named Freeman Dyson, like in the 60s. Okay. And uh, basically, basically the way it worked is that it it had this big like pusher plate, and it would drop bombs out the back, like nuclear bombs. And then the, the nuclear bombs would explode and push the spaceship. The spaceship would just kind of ride the shockwave. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Okay. And it, it was totally like designed, and it totally would have worked. Like they they had figured it all out. They had done new, like tests with pusher plates and actual nuclear bombs, and they could have you know we could have flown to Jupiter you know 40 years ago if they built one. Wow. But you know the that whole stopped them outside of the whole nuclear bomb thing. Well, pretty much the whole nuclear bomb thing. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I know. Let's put like five people in space with like 500 nuclear bombs. What could possibly yeah, go wrong? Right behind, could, nothing could go yeah, wrong here. <laughs> like take over Earth or anything, right? You know, or radioactive fallout everywhere. So yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a super cool concept, just because it was like real and like, um, but just like totally ridiculous at the same time. <laughs> Indeed. Abs- uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm behind that. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Um. So you, you're you're kind of living you're definitely living your dream right now, um, you know you left uh, a real job to be a, an indie, yeah exactly to be an indie developer and kind of make make what you want to make and make your own way of things. Um, if you had the chance, is there any other uh, kind of dream you'd like to you'd like to try like to live? Um, like besides being an indie developer? Yeah, you know you want to fly a rocket ship that shoots nuclear bombs out of butt. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm so like wrapped up in the indie developer thing. It's kind of hard to think about other things. But um, I would like to go into space eventually. I mean, at some point, it probably won't happen. But that would be really great. Okay. Just to be in orbit, at least. Kind of see stuff from up there. Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. 
That's awesome. Like Walk on the Moon, something like that would be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm there with you. Okay. Yep. All right. Next question comes a little bit out of left field, and I, 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 I've gotten laughed at for how I try to, to rationalize this, but just, just follow along if you can. Um, have you seen uh, John Carpenter's Escape from L.A.? No. Okay. Well, it's it's a Snake Plissken film, so we got Kurt Russell. Um, mm-hmm. He's more of an anti-hero than a hero. Uh, and at the end of the film, he comes into he comes into possession of uh, a remote control that will let him activate these satellites that circle the globe, um, mm-hmm. which will pulse us um, with EMP until we're back into the Stone Age. Uh, yeah. Right? You get a note that says this is happening tomorrow. What game do you play tonight? I don't know. I might spend the whole afternoon putting my laptop under layers and layers of lead bricks. Uh. <laughs> okay. So, so that you're the only game in town. I like where you're thinking. Well, because then I could spend a lot more time playing games. There, well, still... that's okay. So there. So you got. Uh. You got. You're under lead bricks. You, you're you're protected. What are you going to spend the rest of your time? What are you going to spend time playing? Ah, oh, man, there are too many games. Um, probably something I haven't played yet. I don't know. I keep meaning to play Dragon Age. Um, I have it on my computer staring at me. So maybe I would play that. You should do that. You should. Yeah. Yeah. And then you should play Dragon Age 2. Is it good? I heard the first one was better. Th- those people are crazy. There are varying schools of thought on that. I don't think they're crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy just, as well, but those people are, are also crazy. crazy so. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're probably both good, I guess. Baldur's Gate was one of my favorite games ever. So. You will probably enjoy the first one more. Yes. Okay. Especially on PC, because you could do the whole tactical thing and break it down. Like it, It's very much a spiritual successor. Yeah. And it's a very long game. So uh, if you are writing out... The um, the EMP Holocaust, then uh, that is a game you can get like a hundred hours on in one playthrough. Oh, so, good choice. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, final question. <laughs> um, at the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad, ever the uh, the dutiful uh, helper, is there um, with the book of your deeds, mm. um, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? he had to kind of sum everything up for you. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. Just, we just, end hard here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess just that I tried my best and did the things I wanted to do. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Just lived life to the fullest. That's kind of uh, amb- ambiguous, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> ambiguous and yeah, perfectly fine. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that, that is it. You have reached the, uh, the, 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 the titular end of the end game. Uh, thank you for playing. As, as Jonathan, uh, kind of spoiled earlier, we have no prizes for you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, thank you still. Imaginary points are okay enough for me. That's, yeah, excellent. Good. I, there you have a ton of them. Yes. You have earned I got my imaginary award earlier too, right? Yes, it. correct. Yes. We actually just store the points in the little thing at the bottom that says your name on it. Uh-huh. So it's like it's like a twofer. 
you get storage, imaginary storage, and an imaginary ward. Yep. You can store the uh, imaginary ward in the imaginary storage if you'd like, or you can hold on to it. It's totally up to you. Um, that is totally your call. Uh, or you can take those points and you can add them to uh, Gamma Void, and you can up the amount of uh, guns and ship propulsion <laughs> that uh, you can put to your ship. So uh, I will leave that uh, to your discretion. If you could, um, if you could just send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about your game. Uh, yeah. So the best part is the best place is just the website, which is um, anisoptergames.com. That's a n i s o p t e r. Let me try that again. A n i s o p t e r a games.com. Um, so there's like. There's some videos and GIFs, and there's a forum, and there's some development log content and stuff like that. Very cool. Well, thank you once again for sitting down and talking to us about Gamma Void, and uh, wish you the best of luck in finishing up the game, and I, I hope you do and get to indeed get to live out your dream. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for talking to me. No problem.